subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for conversations with veterinarians, oncologists, rehab therapists, and other experts discussing amputation for dogs and cats. Find more info, helpful care tips, and a free gift at tripods.com slash radio. Thank you for tuning in to Tripod Talk Radio, where we're spreading the word that it's better to hop on three legs than limp on four. Hosted by Jim and Renee and Wyatt Ray of the Tripod Blogs community at tripods.com, Jerry's place for canine amputees and their people. Tripod Talk Radio Show of 2012. Please join us in the chat room at tripods.com slash chat or visit the forums for more discussion about today's topic. Today is Sunday, January 8th, and we are happy to have Stacy Krasis back with us today to answer questions about our beloved pets of the past and present. Stacy is a professional animal communicator, Reiki master, and spirit healer, and you can read all about her services at allspirithealing.com. Welcome back, Stacy. Thanks, Jim. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be back. Oh, we want to thank you for joining us, too, and just wanted to let callers know that we're going to take a few minutes first to discuss talking with our dogs about going to the vet. Then we'll open up the lines to answer some questions before we get into another discussion. Awesome. Hey, Stacy. It's great to have you here. This is Renee, everybody. And um, we want to start this show by talking about how we can communicate vet visits with our dogs or animals in general. We know a lot of our animals are afraid of going to the vet's office. And Stacey, what, let's talk a little bit about how we can prepare our pets for going on one of those visits. Yes. Hi, Renee. And this is a common problem where we have a lot of animals that are traumatized or afraid of carriers or the car ride to the vet, and they can somehow instinctually know, like, "Uh uh-oh, this trip is different than the other trips. And so you'd want to prepare your animal, whether it's a cat, dog, or even a horse, if you have to trailer them up to take them somewhere, is to let them know what's going to be going on. So the same thing if you have a, a human child, You'd say, we're going to go to the doctor, you're going to get a little poke in your arm, and then we're going to go and get an ice cream or something like that. So it's the same thing with an animal, but you want to be very descriptive to the best of your knowledge about what's going to happen at this trip. So whether you're going just for the exam or if you're going for surgery or things like that, so you want to prepare your animal and say, we're going to go to the vet, so whether they have to go into a crate or to a carrier, and they're going to go into the vet, and they're going to get an examination or they're going to have their ears looked at or their mouths opened and things like that, as well as how long the visit is going to be. So, again, you want to use the best um, knowledge that you have about the trip because sometimes it may be extended longer than what you think. So you just want to tell them kind of what's going on. And then afterwards, we're going to go back in the car and then we're going to go home and you're going to get out of your carrier or your crate and then you're going to be able to go run and play or I'll give you really a special treat or something like that. So it can be something as mild as just a regular checkup or a vaccination where you might feel a little bit of a poke in between your shoulder blades or if they have to draw blood from either the neck or from the from the leg, then you just want to tell them what's going to happen and about them being restrained. 
and it's something more in-depth of a surgery and a recovery time, you really want to go more in-depthly about the surgery, about going to the vet, being a little a little groggy or a little woozy when they wake up, seeing a little pain in the area, whether it's a tooth being extracted or if it's going to be a spay-neuter surgery where the belly might be a little feeling a little funny or if it's an amputee where they wake up and they may not even have that front or that rear leg. So you really want to be very descriptive when going to the vet and, and what's going to happen in the procedure-wise. And we will just talk to them as if we're talking to a human or do we communicate this um, through our our intuition, you know, our, our psyche? Do we use words? I mean, how how do we, do we just talk to them like they're, they're humans? Is that how we yes. do it? Yes, okay. exactly. And just by talking to them, we're actually showing them pictures in our head. So we're not always consciously aware of what's going on as we're talking and communicating with our animals. So from my experience and understanding, they do understand words, but they're also reading our images in our mind as we're explaining to them what's going on. So I had a quick example as I had a woman who had three cats, and this cat told me about this woman's boss. The cat never left the house. The boss never came to the woman's house, but was actually reading this woman's mind or her thoughts through telepathy as she was on the phone with somebody talking about what happened at work today with her boss. So she described what the boss looked like, blonde or brown hair, curly hair, glasses, and she was a little bit of a, a heavier set woman. It floored me as well as the woman because the cat never met the boss, but just by pictures and images of how they, they understand a lot of the messages. Wow. Well, um, so so this will help them stay calm when, when they go there. What about when they're actually there in the office? If you just want to be very descriptive as you're sitting there holding them or if they have to leave the room with a, a vet tech or with a vet, but you want to tell them what's going to happen if they're going to be anesthetized and you're going to come back and pick them up later that night, but you just really want to be descriptive about what's going to happen when you go to the vet's office and what's going to happen during that day and if you're going to have to pick them up that night or if they have to spend the night um, at the vet's office and you're, going to go, and you're going to get them in the morning. So you actually tell them that as well as you might want to show them a picture of, your, um, of the daylight as well as nighttime in your mind and then showing them another picture of the daytime. So you're actually counting that as, a, as one full day when you drop them off, a picture of the daytime in your mind as well as a picture of darkness of it being night. And then you'll say, I'll come pick you up tomorrow, and you'll show them another picture of daylight, and that's what time they'll come pick them up. Does that make sense? It does. That is really neat. We're going we're gonna to have to try that. I, I hope this really helps people when they're um, going to the vet, because this can be a really traumatic thing for a lot of animals. Oh, completely. And even there was a woman who brought a cat to see me at a dog facility because she didn't realize you could just bring a picture of your animals. And cats don't travel as well as dogs do. And the 17-year-old cat, I said, well, do you mind if I open the carrier and let the cat out? She's like, oh, God, we're not going to be able to get it back in. It took forever. And the cat just walked out of the cage and smelled around. And I said, you know, I think it'll be fine. And he laid on the side, and we talked for 20 minutes. And I told him what was going to happen after they left. And that, um, or I asked what she was going to do after they left. And she said, we're just going to go straight home and let the cat out of the crate. So I told the cat that, you know, to I show a picture as well as a feeling and image of going back to the crate and being comfortable as well as a secure feeling, and that once he got back home that he'll be let back out. And as soon as I, I showed him the picture as I was talking to the cat 
And sure enough, he literally walked around and turned back and walked into the crate. And then I closed the crate door, and the woman's mouth just dropped to the floor like, I can't believe that he's never done that before. It's always been a struggle. But if you tell them and show them what's going to happen, it's an understanding. They're like, oh, okay, I can do that. So it's not a surprise, and nothing's going to happen to them. That is really neat. Thank you for that. I, I hope it yes. works for people. And on that note, I think maybe we could take our first call if you're ready, Stacy. Yeah, sure. Okay. Hi, you're on the air with Tripod Talk Radio. Who's calling from 913 area code? Um, this is Sarah from Kansas. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you today? Good. How about you? What can I help you with? Um, I am calling about my puppy Chips here. Um, he's been a little, I'm not sure, fidgety lately to say the least. And I was wondering if you can tell me what was going on with him or maybe give me a general read on him or whatever you pick up. Okay. And what kind of, what breed is Chips? German short hair pointer. Okay. And how old is he? I believe he's about five. Five he's a rescue dog, and they weren't quite sure. Okay. And is he um, liver and white? Yes. Okay. All right. So I just need a little better description so I can kind of tune in really quickly. I feel um, what he shows me, I can feel something in his belly, so I feel like he ate something he wasn't supposed to. And I feel like he has an upset stomach, so I feel like he um, kind of paces back and forth and he feels really uncomfortable. And it kind of feels like an obstruction, so I think that it will be a um, – I would probably recommend going, taking him to the vet. Hmm. Okay. And I think oh. with an x-ray, we'll kind of help pinpoint where the problem is. Because it feels Sorry. more yeah, physical than it's, it it feels more physical than it does behavioral, and it, I definitely get right into his digestive area, and right from his throat all the way into his chest, into his rib cage area, and it just feels like that's where the problem is. No, because it was like last night he I took him out to his usual spot where he does his business, and he stared off in the distance. He just started going mad like crazy, like he was about to go lunge at something. And I had to pull him back inside. He would not stop barking until I got him through the door. Mm-hmm. And after I got him through, it took him a little bit to calm down. Then he was just exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's seen stuff outside or if he misses his daddy or what's going on, but... And was this at nighttime yeah. or daytime? Nighttime. Yeah, the mm-hmm. stomach, I figured, is he, he gets on the stuff, and I have no clue what he gets on to, but... I'm not sure what caused the barking, or if it's that's the barking, then he. Well, just what I what I get, I'm not exactly sure. Um, it feels like there might have been something that he saw off in the distance that I that he feels confused about, but, and I just think that something was triggered for him. But I feel like more of a physical issue for him, um, and I would definitely want to get that checked out or looked at. Okay, I will do that. All right, and thanks you, you can also use yeah, thank you. you. You can also use some of that advice Stacy gave us earlier about about going to the vet and and communicating that with him. So good, good timely information for us. How about another call, Jim? 
Yeah, thanks for joining us. Stacey, I noticed you actually pulled up the chat room there. I'm wondering if you might be able to address the question from Kay Viz about pigs. If not, um, I can, I can my, it it's loading. It's on my thing. But, yeah, if you uh, want to read it to me, that would be great. Sure. Um, pigs was a tripod before she came to them, and she is a total love but has some funny quirks. She is a senior plot hound. We want to make the rest of her life as awesome as possible. And could you shed some light on how she became a tripod and what will make her happy? Mm, okay. And it's I myself my iPad, was not familiar with a plot hound. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so with my background from I worked at an animal shelter for nine years, so I, I have seen several plot hounds, so I do understand that. Um, but my, I have to apologize because my iPad is loading. It's taking forever to um, load the chat, so I'm not exactly Quite sure what's right. going on. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see what Miss Pegs has to say. And even addressing that too about how she became a tripod. I'm not sure if we talked about this in the last time, but a lot of times if we have a rescue animal, um, I say a good majority or half of the animals. Some of them prefer not to talk about what happened to them because there is some trauma around there and a lot of the emotional issues and baggage. And I kind of get that with Miss Pakes because she does feel like she's a ham. She does feel like she is um, very funny as well as she's extremely nosy. And she definitely has her nose to the ground a lot where I feel is very curious and she's very um, – she moves a lot with her nose, so her nose is always to the ground, and she feels very funny. She's actually more of a forgiving animal, and I feel like I really don't want to address about what happened, and I also have a heartache around the area um, of the trauma as well as why she was given up. So I feel very confused, and I do feel like she lived with kids um, because she shows me the, the missing and the aching of the kids as well as with this one woman who was the owner. And I feel like there was some trauma around around this the, um, a man, and so she has some fear issues around um, men or, or certain types of men, and just a, a great big confusion about what happened to her. And the other part of, is not really wanting to to discuss it. Um, but sometimes when we have animals around a trauma and they have a little bit of a wallop, and sometimes just by coaxing them and talking to them and trying to help them understand what happened or to make them feel comfortable in a situation where they're at, where they're safe and protected and they're not going to go to another home, sometimes that makes them feel a little better and lets them open up, and that will actually help them to become more of a, a balanced and well-grounded dog. And so with with Miss Pegs, she is quite a ham and just a very sweet girl, but I also have like a, a very powerful presence and a, even a little stubbornness in her energy. Um, and right now, the only thing that she's showing me is, is a trauma, and I feel like there was a man that had something to do with missing um, one of her legs. And that's pretty much what um, what she's showing me. Interesting. Um, yes. What do you say we take an actual phone call and then we'll take a little break? Sounds great. Okay. Hi, Salsa1601. You're on the air with Tripod Talk Radio. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Good, how about you? Great, yes. great. Um, just new to your format and your and your show, so thank you for taking my call. Um, yes. And I was wanting to know if you see, if you're able to tell if your pet is being spirits or spirits around. Um, I also have a German short hair pointer who's chocolate with liver spots and about 13 years old. 
Okay. And what's the name of your dog? Salsa. Salsa? Yes. Oh, very cute. And this is a, a male or female? This is a female. Female, okay. Oh, and yes, animals do see spirits as well as children. Um, children and animals are much more open and um, more able to see the spirits in our house as well even sometimes if they're riding in the car with us. So spirits can be other animals that have transitioned or they can actually be humans. And you can actually see or tell by the animal's behavior, especially if you just lost an animal um, or have an animal that was really close to you. And your current animal will actually act very different. It can bark at something where there's nothing there. It could look up into the corner of the ceiling and kind of watch along the wall. And to our physical eye, we're not seeing anything, but our animal is seeing something. And so normally, too, with our analytical brain, we're thinking, well, the animal, if they would come back in spirit, they normally would walk on the floor, so our animals would be watching the floor or down the hallway or walking along the back of the couch. But since animals are in, in spirit, they can kind of do what they want, and they just kind of go and float and things like that. So a lot of times our animals will be looking at certain spots in the ceiling, on the walls, or even down a hallway, and sometimes when our our animals come back and transition in the spirit, especially if they knew each other, knew each other, they'll come and, um, and entice the other animal to play or sometimes it scares the other animal and it will go off and hide or things like that or even go lay on the spot where that used to lay and they bully off another animal off the spot. So there's definitely little signs that um, animals will show us or that they'll see somebody or something in the room with us. So that's a great question, and that happens so frequently. Can you tell if, if Salsa is seeing spirits or spirits around her? Because she does that quite often. Yeah. Um, I feel like you have a very busy household. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you have a lot of spirits that come and go. And salsa, I actually would get salsa as a male energy because she feels very a very dominant female. Um, yes. Just yes, okay, very bossy. Um, just that presence she, of her energy. The the, and, the, the caller before me um, that had the dog named Chips, Chips mm -hmm. and salsa are in the same household. Chips oh, is, is that cool? Male. Chips mm -hmm. is male and salsa is a female. Salsa is older and Chips is younger. But they both okay. tend to see these, and I think they're seeing spirits. But I think the the previous caller, the owner to that, uh, to Chips, um, thinks that maybe it saw some not so good spirits outside. But I mainly in the house, and no matter where we are, they seem to see spirits. I think, and some of them I think do frighten them. I have parents who are pretty close to passing over, and I for some feel that salsa is very connected to them. Yes. I agree with that. And and that brings up a great point too because a lot of a lot of people have what they call like an open house where spirits kind of come and go and we really want to learn to protect our house, um, whether with holy water or sea salt and each religion and spiritual belief has a different way of protecting your house. Yes. And so I always encourage people to have some form of protection around or instilled in their house as well as smudging like the Native Americans do. Right. We, and do, you, we do that. We do the um, sage mm -hmm. and we do the Epsom salt. Yes. 
And do you say affirmations or declarations when you're smudging your house? Like, this is my house only? Okay. Absolutely. Good. But I I do see that she sees there. I see that she sees um, two cats in spirit that have transitioned, whether they're yours or a household. I believe um, so. Okay. And then I also see a grandfather spirit who comes, and he feels like he definitely watches over the house. I see another gentleman who feels like he actually came with the house that you're living in. So um, there's some type of attachment there. So I feel mostly in your house there's a lot of good spirits. There feels like one or two um, strays, we call them, that that don't know you but kind of come and go. And um, But a lot, of, a lot of animals, actually, I see as well. Yeah, so you, one of the you, cats you, was a cat that was mine before, Salsa. Um, it's a gray tabby cat, kind of, um, who actually saved my daughter's life and brought, when her being born, because um, I would, did not know that I was in trouble. And um, my ex-in-laws had trapped that cat in a closet for two weeks, hoping it would die before we found it. Um, and you so know, I I, I hate to I hate to break up this call, you guys. I'm so sorry, but um, we need to move a little quickly. We're, we're running out of time. Sounds so I call, thanks. I'd like to thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for calling about salsa. We do have some very patient callers holding, but I wanted to give Stacy a break her and ask her a real brief question. Um, how do you steal, how do you deal with skeptics? This isn't something everyone believes in, and I'm sure your audience, your target market, is believers. But what do you say to people that think this is hocus pocus? You know, and that's okay. I I really encourage people to be skeptical, but I also encourage them to be open. And um, and it is kind of hard to wrap your your analytical mind because every everybody wants something tangible to see and to hold and to, to be that that proof. But my job isn't really necessarily to prove anything. It's just to be the message, the messenger, or the vessel to help the animals and the humans better understand understand each other and to build that, that, that deeper bond. So when people are skeptical, I say, hey, that's okay, but just be open to the message. And a lot of people who do seek me out for um, animal communication even or energy, or energy work, they do seem very open, but sometimes some other people will discourage that and, and it's harder to communicate with their animal because their animal is kind of like, well, what's the use if mom or dad doesn't believe in this? But for most of the time, I'd say a good, more, like, majority of my cases, about 90% are pretty open, and the other part, you know, takes a little bit. But that's a great question. Interesting. Interesting. Thanks. Are you up for taking another call? Let's do it. Hi, you're calling from 704 Area Code. Who are we speaking with? Hi, this is Tracy. Yes, hi. Hi. Um, I have, uh, I have two cats and two dogs. And okay. uh, one of the one of the dogs, uh, he's Pomeranian, and he's just uh, being tested for thyroid issues and getting medication. And then also one of the cats has been scratching his head, which I believe is a new food allergy. So I'm just kind of yeah. trying out new stuff with that. But I also just wanted to see if they're, I guess, how they're feeling. I mean, if there's anything else going on with them. I mean, you know, if they're feeling. Well, Sick otherwise yeah. that I'm not <laughs> noticing, or you know, just how they're doing with us. No, I agree. That's the first thing I got with the cat was definitely allergies because I'm actually physically itching, and I feel mm-hmm. even sore around my eyes. Like that, even there's something with the food. Um, yeah. And I feel it's almost like a little bit of a fish allergy. 
Um, oh, it's a fish. Okay, because that was, I know the food he has now has had like the chicken and fish, so I just put him on duck and, you know, just waiting to see if that clears it up. But, yes. So I would stay oh. away from fish for a while, especially salmon. Um, and it feels like if you keep them more like on a whiter meat diet, whether it's a, a, like the white chicken or even like the turkey or the duck or something like that, um, without the beef, um, and I think that will kind of help to diagnose oh, the problem a little bit better. And it feels very mild, so I feel like you caught it in time. Oh, good, good. Yes. And what's the Pomeranian's name? Um, Pierogi. Kirby? Kirby? Uh, Pierogi. Mm-hmm. Pierogi? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's just having, he's a bean test that's first. And with thyroid meds, but I just wanted to, you know, make sure how he's, how he's doing, how he's feeling. Oh, it's interesting. He actually, um, it definitely feels like he has a, he's off in his energy. It does feel like he is kind of wobbling back and forth, um, trying to find more of a balance, like his equilibrium is off, and okay. it's thrown off his system. And I actually get a little bit of a, of a, of a, a digestion, digestive issues, excuse me. And okay. it feels like I almost got like a hairball, like I kind of want to <laughs> like cough in his energy trying to, to clear his digestive tract. But I actually do get a little bit of a, a sensitive stomach, so I don't know if you're aware of that, but I feel like he feels like a Pomeranian, but he also feels like he's a cat in a dog's body. He feels just a <laughs> very interesting energy, very cat-like. <laughs> well, well, thank you very thank, much. Thanks for the call. We do have... Um, just about four minutes left here, but we have someone who's been holding about 12. So if you don't mind, I'd love to welcome someone from 206 area code. You're on the air with Stacy. Hi, Stacey. Um, my name is Elizabeth, and I'm calling about my dog, Sammy. He's a Newfoundland mix. He's got long black fur. Um, okay. I was wondering if there's anything you can tell me about where he might be hurting. Okay. And how old is Sammy? Nine. Nine. Um, I actually get a little bit of everything. I actually feel like he's out of alignment, and I feel like a chiropractic adjustment or some type of movement or acupuncture might help, but I feel more of a chiropractor um, feel for that. And I do feel, um, what is with his front right leg? Yeah, he he had an amputation. Okay. And his, his, um, of course, I'm, I'm not thinking about which leg it is, but... Um, one leg was amputated. The other leg, um, it's like he can't walk on it now. He's he's falling. Um, he just collapses on himself, and it just happened in the last week or two. Because mm-hmm. I actually feel like it's like a pinched nerve. I feel like he um, was playing too hard, took a corner too sharp or something, and I feel like it was like, you know how we wake up in the morning and we have like a kink in our shoulder or, in our, or our neck? And I feel like mm-hmm. the same thing for him. So I almost get like a massage to work through it and then a chiropractic adjustment to kind of help keep him. So I feel like oh. there's like a, it's a, it's a short circuit in his energy field somewhere. And I kind of get in the back left. Um, yeah, that's the, other, that's the other one. He holds that out sometimes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so you I think, think that, that's – I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah. You think that's chiropractic that would help him? I definitely feel chiropractic, um, massage too, and I would really encourage some um, acupuncture in there. Okay. Great. Thank really you get so much. Moving. I know you got a yeah. lot of guys waiting for you. I'm just so glad you got me in there. Thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm glad we were able calling. to get you in there. Thanks for calling, Elizabeth. Stacy, we'd like to give you a little break um, because we know how tiring these readings can be for you. 
So um, how about we wrap up the show with just a, a couple of words about how we can prepare our dogs for actually losing their leg? That's a great question. Well, what I would do is I would tell them, tell them about the surgery, how that will happen, as well as when they wake up, that something's going to be a little different than their body. So they're not going to really necessarily be able to walk right away, and I'm sure with the recovery time there's probably going to be some cage rest as well as some medication that might make them feel a little woozy. But they will, they may actually mourn that leg or that lifestyle that they had. And the same thing that goes with veterans that lose a leg or an arm or whatever, and women with hysterectomies or even with the breast cancer, is that they lose that part of their body, they actually do mourn and grieve. So sometimes if they're on the medication, they're like, oh, they're just really groggy from the medication, when actually they are going through a process of of, of um, releasing, processing the trauma and that loss of that body part. And just really encouraging them what's going on verbally as well as, you know, what's going to happen down the road and that eventually they'll have the same function but it maybe not. It might be just a little bit different, and that they have if they have to wear a vest, you know, why they're going to have to wear it and how it's going to help them, as well as letting other animals in the household know how it's going to change um, the dynamic of that of that environment as well. Did that mm-hmm. answer the question a little bit? I, I believe so. It, it's really hard for for us to tell if a dog is depressed after surgery or if it's a side effect of of their medication. Um, so you're saying that it could definitely be depression. Yes, definitely be depression. And um, as energy work, from what I do with Reiki and other energy modalities, is when I do energy work on an animal, especially if they've lost an, a leg or whatever, I actually start where their limb would be, and I go to like where the bottom of their paw pad would be to really help that energy as well as that emotion that's still trapped in, in that in that area of their body. So I, oh, from wow. my experience and in my opinion, yes, I definitely believe that. Um, well, oh, I hate to do this. These these calls are always too short. If anyone's available to yes. join us in the chat room, please visit tripods.com.chat, and hopefully we can get Stacy back again. Thank you so much for joining us, Stacy. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Until next time on Tripod Talk Radio, learn more about canine amputation recovery and find the best gear for three-legged dogs at tripods.com. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts. And claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast.